Hi, welcome to Unscripted by Twine. I'm Diana Rao, and I'm your host. In this podcast, my guests choose from a library of deep and thought-provoking questions, and we just talk about it for 15 or 20 minutes. Our hypothesis is that as long as we choose meaningful questions, we'll end up in a conversation worth having. As Carl Sagan says, we make our world significant by the courage of our questions and the depth of our answers. Ready? Let's go. Yeah. Like I said, this is sort of experimental. The way this usually, we're breaking all the boundaries of how a Twine cast unscripted podcast episode usually works, where you okay. choose like two to three questions and we talk about them, but instead we're just doing a free-for-all straight into a library of 250 plus questions and randomly selecting them. So yep. what we can do, let me know if you have any fun way of doing this. I was just thinking of just- How many, how many is it? There's like 250 of them. Can I just like, like- I'm like, should I find a dice and roll it and whatever the numbers are? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, we could also do this thing where I just scroll through the screen, randomly stop, and then we just choose one wherever the screen stops. <laughs> That's because the dice version. See yeah. Like so these are the sure. questions. And we could- uh, like, I'm going to close my eye. I'm gonna, you scroll, I'm going to close my eyes, and I'm going to tell you when to stop. Okay. How about that? Okay, I'm scrolling. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, okay. Scroll down. Scroll okay. down. Okay. All right, scroll back down. Scroll up, scroll up. Okay. Keep going. Okay. All right, stop. All right. So this is where we stopped. You can choose anything on here. Now, now you're making it even more harder for me. I'm like, just go for it. Okay, let's start with the top one on the page, whatever's on top. Who are your people? Go. Who are my people? My people are the young people. Yeah. Yeah, I literally, like, you know, I believe that you don't enter the future, you create, you, you like literally create it and you can't create the future without young people, you know? Like we can create things for young people, but I think it's really getting their voice, getting their passion, you know, taking all that stuff into consideration when wanting to create. And so I'm always thinking about you know, the 22nd century. I'm always thinking about, I'm always thinking about young people. I'm thinking like, yeah, when I get old, old, young people will be the ones to kind of like create the world that I'm going to be in. So it's like, treat your, it's like, treat your garden right if you want to eat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So my, my people are young people. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big advocate for whatever the young people want. In what ways, I mean, in what ways do you feel like you're extremely connected right now to your young people versus not, not connected in ways, like in what ways do you feel, oh, I, I wish I was a little bit more connected to my people right now? Well, well during this time period, you know, um, it's been challenging to just connect with people like in person. And, um, but also during this time period, I made a commitment to go to grad school and I got accepted to a grad school and all of it is all about young people. It's all about, you know, creating a world with them and being one of those adults that can be a, you know, um, a Sherpa, a lighthouse, a navigation for young people who are excited about creating the world for tomorrow. So that is my way of um because all the conversations i'm in with people are based on that right so like 
let's create a new world together. You know, um, so that's been our way. And of course, I would love to like create more social containers that allows for us to connect in person and really have deeper connection. So, but yeah, young folk from the got to teach the babies. Mm, I love it. I love yeah. it. That's amazing. Yeah, that, that's really good. Divine. Thank you for that question. Yeah, of course, of course. Have wait, have your people always been? the young people or ha- was it different? Like, let's say 20 years ago, was it different for you? Who your people, how, how have, how have your people changed over time? If at all? Yeah. I think for the past 20 years, it's ha- it has been about young people. And I think there's been like a, there has been like a moment where I was like, no, let me focus on old people stuff. <laughs> now I say old people, just like, you know, focusing on career related things like, 10 years ago, I made a conscious decision to just like, let me not feel as special as I should for a moment and let me just dive into the world of what everybody else is doing, right? And like, let me go get a gig and let me go, because everything before that is like all autodidactic pathways for me. Like, I didn't go to school, I didn't have no one i never really took a job i've always been entrepreneurial and like i've taken the scenic route to where i'm at but i did make a pit stop in like Mm -hmm. the american dream world you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. if that makes sense it does i love how you just describe that pit stop um i'm curious about how you know a pit stop at an american dream that maybe was not your american dream how would you, I mean, how would you redefine the American dream for your young people? Woo! <laughs> I like that. Hold on, I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta just move location for a second because okay. I hear my little young people trying yes. to find me and when they do, it gets kind of crazy. So just, yeah, yeah, pardon me. And I gotta charge up. One second, one second. I'm sorry, people, for holding y'all up on my response. No, it's a, it's also good. It's, it's that came out of nowhere. You just sparked. You sparked it. You said American Dream, not your pit stop, and I was like, "All right, Divine, redefine this for me. Tell me what the real American Dream should be for our young people." It's it's just a, and I know you got an answer in there. I know you got a thought, a big thought. <laughs> you're um, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, hold on, I'm yep. myself set up now. Now I'm in my domain. Now I want to really give it up. <laughs> Everything was just a trailer. Now I'm going to really give it up. Oh, All right. Here we go. Um, can you see me? I can see you. Yes. You sure? I can put some more light on. I'm sorry. Uh, I love it. I can also see your speakers, too. Yeah, this is, this is my world right here. Now I'm in my world. <laughs> All, All right. right. So, so the question about the American dream. Yeah. Well, can you rephrase it again? Yes. Uh, so at some point in your journey, you made, a, you made a pit stop in what is known as the American dream, a corporate gig, whatever it is, whatever that thing is. And you said, eh, maybe not for me. So what I'd love to know is, given that your people are young people, how, how would you define the American dream, the new American dream, a version of the American dream that makes sense to you, given everything you've seen in this world for our young people? What's the, what's yeah, the- it's, it, it went from an American dream. Yeah. To more of like a um, 
like a global dream. Yeah. You know, it yeah. was sort of like, why contain my dreams to the borders of a country that's really a construct in reality? So why not focus on what the world needs? Especially if I'm advocating and advocating that people travel, go out into the world, see new things, do new things, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, just have a global perspective. And I think now is a time more than ever that people need to do that. You know what I'm saying? I love that. That makes, that makes sense? It makes sense. A global dream. Yeah. Universal dream. Yeah. 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 Like, get global fast. Because even even with, like, even, like, with all the stuff that's going on right now, right? Like, I have maybe a unique perspective on all the things that's playing out currently in the world. Uh, but because of my own global perspective, it, it shields me from a lot of what's happening right now. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, because I know, no, say it again. I was going to say, um, you, it shields you. Can, yeah. Can you dive deeper into that? You probably were just going to, but I, I want to understand what you mean by that. Yeah, so basically, I know that what's happening in the world is just an onboarding process for a country to get into this fully digital world. Mm. And it's being done in a very seductive way. And it's been done on the American stage of narrative. Like, so for example, I know that the police force will eventually get defunded because I know what law enforcement looks like in the digital world mm. where you won't need police officers everything will be under surveillance or you know everyone would know exactly where you are you're easily geolocated by your device i mean all of that stuff not to go black mirror with it but like that's just the reality right and how would like the, like like a president or a politician couldn't just come out and say citizens we're going to defund the police then people would have an uprising because like why would you do that but with everything that's happening now it becomes a, a justification and it gets more people to be angry collectively so that people could vote for policies that would defund the police rather than you know the companies or corporations saying this is what it's going to be it's sort of like they already established the infrastructure for that new world anyway how are you going to draw a line from where we are to where we need to be distractions that would get people, you know, um, emotionally charged. And so that's why I say it shield me because I already know what time it is. You know what I mean? Like I already know where we're headed. So I'm just embracing myself to live in a world where it's extremely fast. I'm thinking about like, you know, what are the services in a world of 5G? What is the services of the Internet of Things being like, you know, like my camera can tell me, you know, when it's full or like cupboard can tell me when I need to order things or my refrigerator can tell me I haven't drank enough water for the day. Like, I'm already for that. I'm ready. <laughs> You've been ready. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I won't go too deep into that, but that's just where I'm at. Got it. Thank you for sharing. I love it. Yeah. What do you think? Should we stay on this conversation trackway or switch to a different lane? And I'm, look, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm at one of those those uh, uh, places where like a batting cage. Just throw whatever ball you want. 
This is good okay. for my brain. <laughs> you know what? We're just going to go. So let, I'm actually just going to start randomly choosing questions because I feel like you anything because we can do the up and down thing but i'm just gonna randomly scroll right now actually i'm gonna scroll and you tell me when to stop now it's tell like you, you know what it is it's like like, uh, like i feel like i'm like a jukebox and yeah. your question is your coin you know what i mean yeah i love that metaphor that is so good okay ready i'm just scrolling randomly tell me when to stop ready jukebox tell me uh, okay oh boy all right, I landed on family. Let me show you this question. Okay, when did your childhood end? Wow, Yeah. okay. Let's see. When did my childhood end? When I decided to have family and get married. Because like I needed to now fit in this social construct of now I have to be this sort of like model in a child's life called a father. And this is the way father is supposed to show up for his children. And in doing so, you know, I left a lot of my ability to still wonder and grow and, you know, and that ate away at me for a long, long time. But um, I got that back, you know what I mean? I was in my mojo dojo for the past mm. few, like I would say a year. Mm. And um, now I'm in a totally different space. Hence the reason why, you know, for my daughter to know like, dad's going to school. Yeah, so that we can graduate at the same time. So we can have something to talk about, you know what I mean? And like, that's the child in me. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm still 17, but I had a bunch of birthdays. You know what I mean? But I'm still 17. And um, even at the age of 17, I stopped being a child um, because I had to be a responsible young adult at 17 to run an organization because I opened up a community center at 17. You see what I'm saying? So, um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a child for life. Yeah. That's just how it's like, you know, I tell people I speak graffiti. So that's my font of my my words. You know, I I see what I'm saying. I'm, I'm a visual thinker. Um, like a child, you know, um, I kick it a lot with my little ones. Then to see like maybe conversations don't have to be where you get to a point or necessarily to elevate. Maybe you should just be in every single question and every single moment that a child, you know, um, where a child can take you. So. I, I find myself representing that for a lot of people too. I yeah. Gosh, I love that's yeah. incredible. Wait, can you tell me more about like what's what's an example of something your kids have asked you recently that's sort of been like, ooh, what an interesting question. I love I love hearing the questions children have. And you know, we're childlike in our own ways, but have your kids surprised you recently? Yeah all the time actually um because i personally believe like my children they don't they aren't listening they're watching you know what i mean and so whatever they question is less about the things i say or i'm trying to give it's more about the things i do mm. you know sort of like you know um for example you know i fell off my bike two days ago, right? Like the handlebar was loose and I, I, you know, I got like my little, you can't see it, but I got a little boo-boo. 
and all on my yeah on my side or whatever and so like prior to that if my son never got like a little boo-boo on his knees or whatever like it would be a big deal because he doesn't want anything to like burn it or whatever and then he sees me going over to like the aloe plant and he's like dad what are you doing it's like you're, i'm like yeah i'm pouring out like you know plant guts on my skin you know the plants are here to you know save us all you know like the more we eat it that's why i'm a vegetarian and i was going in with him and he was just like i get it oh my gosh i get it. i'm like yeah you know and that was like one big old like welcome to being a vegetarian um sort of like trailer for him he's you know he's so excited about the power of plants you know what i'm saying i'm like yeah every plant every plant every herb every flower is is magical they have magic powers you know and um it opened him up because now i've then bridged the plant world to his love of like marvel and dc superheroes you know, because I tell them like a lot of those people, they have characteristics of everything that's in nature. And then we start talking about biomimicry and, you know, for me, I'm always trying to embed common, you know, um, not common core, but like common subject matter in schools and bake it into everyday experiences. Yeah. Like there's mathematics and everything, there's science and everything, there's history and everything, there's all of the things. So, um, uh, I, I'm always in search for teachable moments and it's all, and I'm now paying attention to the fact that he's, all of them are always paying attention to what I'm doing and what I'm not doing, you know? So, and I know like there's a lot going on in their brain cause they're seeing the news often and seeing what's going on in the world. So I don't know if they, they never express being worried, but they see that I am not worried in this time period but more so hopeful and constantly reminding them like you, you know minecraft and fortnite can be real it can be real you can build your world you can create your world you know mm-hmm. and um so i help them do that through video games through legos through drawing even having them look at websites on like where to purchase land and stuff like that so um but yeah no they're always watching oh my god yeah yeah, incredible. Yeah. You are a jukebox. I feel like I <laughs> literally, literally throw anything at you. Okay, wait. I wanna, I wanna switch us to a different one. And also, feel free to interject at any point if you're just like Diane. I want to put you on the spot. This can definitely be a conversation. <laughs> but I just yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got you. you. All right, tell me when you're ready to stop. Oh, uh, let me do my. Uh, okay oh wow what was the most profound spiritual moment of your life the most yeah all right here i go bong so when i was 16 Mm -hmm. um i lost a friend to gun violence and before that, I never stepped foot in a church or a place of worship. I never like read a spiritual book or, I mean a spiritual book, a religious book. Just never had any context. In fact, up until that moment, um, I never associated life or creation being belonging to a God or a single God. I, th- I think as a kid, I believed that there was a higher power when I, 
anytime I've saw pregnant women, because like, I didn't understand how can a human, like, like I thought women were gods, you know what I'm saying? Because women made, like they carried humans. And so like as a child, I thought women had something to do with it. And that, I love it. that, um, that mangoes was like God's fruit. And like the Garden of Eden had to have been a mango, not an apple, right? Like that was always my context as a kid. Cause I'm like, this how, how, who made this, right? Mm. And then when my boy got killed, I started this quest looking for this God. Because during that time, it was like, the message was like, you know, violence is senseless and you know, we need to save ourselves. We need to like turn our lives around to God. And of course this is me in the church. And so it was in that moment, I, I was looking for God, like, as if I was looking, it was like, I, I could have, the one step I didn't do was like put a wanted poster up, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I was just like, I needed to be saved because this is what I thought I needed to have happen. And when I went on this journey, I learned about, because I was in the church, I learned a lot about Jesus, I learned about Moses, I learned about all these characters in the book. And then after like getting kicked out of like two different churches, because I had a whole bunch of questions, you know, which I can talk about if you ask me to talk about it. But yeah, basically, I would love you to talk about that after this, yes. Yeah, yeah. So basically, um, I went from church to, to temples, to other houses of worship, to, it was like the most consistent thing, like to interfaith retreats, to, I just started looking for God. And I, what I gathered was that I gathered these, these archetypes and like whether it was Buddha or whether it was, you know, learning about Ganesha or learning about, you know, Moses or learning about just all these, these, in these people, I'm like, there's a common denominator in everybody, right? It's about being in service to others. It's about, you know, being humbled. It's about making like, uh, like sacrifices, it's like sacrificing for others, like a currency in love. If love was the economy, like making sacrifices yeah. was, you know, a thing, humility. And I just started to adopt these characteristics. Like, okay, if this, like, what would Moses do here? What would Jesus do? What would this person do? What would Buddha do? And in that journey, um, that's when <clears throat> the community gave me the name Divine, you know, um, because I knew that my understanding of what God was, was that it's the thing that connects us all to our humanity. It's the thing that makes us love the earth, love animals, love the air, love. It's that moment when you're like, this is an equal playing field. We're all on this rock together. We all have to sleep on it. We all have to drink and eat from it. We all, it's an equal opportunity. And then there's like division and ranking system and different containers that make us that that kind of like uh it doesn't yeah it does it's a refraction right it, it breaks up the um the joy and disconnects people from this like thing that connects us all to to this like higher power so anyway i know i'm going in, in all over the place right now but the point i'm trying to make is that was the beginning of it for me that's when i knew that um you know god is divine and divine is you know um a name that i've gone gone by not because i want people to see me as divine but when you say my name i want you to 
enter any conversation or any interaction acknowledging that there's a divine connection between the two of us. So it's less about me and it's more about you. <laughs> oh my God. You know what I'm saying? Um, I have tingles, goosebumps right now, thinking about your name. I was just thinking about that. It's so funny, before you mentioned this. I that name is your name. That name is everyone's name. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that. There's, um, mm -hmm. I feel like you really encapsulate that energy, whatever that divine energy looks like. And it's almost like the thing, I know whenever we're gonna talk, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna encounter that, that energy, that divine energy, whatever we wanna call that. But it's beautiful, it's beautiful. Thank you for that. Wow. Thank you. I, I, I like the thing that I learned in this journey is that we're not perfect. And that when times of imperfection pop up, that's an opportunity for you to practice. Like you like practicing doesn't really count until the going gets tough. You know what I mean? Like you can practice every day if you want, but the times where you're supposed to practice is when like things are not going well. You know what I mean? And so, you know, I'm always seeing the God in everyone, the good in everyone. Like I see what I want to see. I can choose to see what I choose to see. You know what I mean? I'm gonna, I'm gonna see what I want and I'm gonna see the good in everyone. People look at me and be like, yo, you know that person's shady or that person's a snake or that person's a dick. Like, cool, they let them be on their journey. But when I'm in that space, you know, I'm gonna see and pull and extract what needs to be seen and if that person's having a hard time, then they'll remove themselves from the interactions that they have with me, you know? Mm. Some people feel uncomfortable when you see the good in them. It's like, no, 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 I'm not trying to be good. Stop seeing the good in me. No, that's not, that's not the point. That's not what I tried to do. That's not the mask I wore today. It's like, well, sorry, you're breathing. So therefore I see something different. <laughs> wow, wow. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Wait, wait. That's, first of all, I, I have so many thoughts on that alone, but before we forget, I really also want to, I'm so curiosity piqued by this whole coming back, getting kicked out of church. What, what happened there? And then we're going to keep going on this journey. <laughs> well, it, the first place I went to, like, I was asking, like, straight up, how do I be saved? And they were like, well, just read the book and, you know, believe. I'm like, all right, cool. Sat front row and, you know, front row and I'm learning and, you know, and, um, I, I asked a simple question, which was, there was a picture of Adam and Eve on the wall, and I asked one simple question was, I was like, why do they have belly buttons? They're like, what? I'm like, look, the picture is like, well, you just told me a story, but why do they have belly buttons? And they couldn't give me an answer that was like, well, the artists, you know, they didn't give me none of that. It was more like, why are you questioning it? Mm. You need to believe. And then, once I left that place, that was a big thing. I didn't, I stood my ground with like, I need, I need answers straight up. I need answers. And then the second go around, I was in another church and I asked a question, which was like, well, is it possible? Like, am I allowed to believe in dinosaurs? And then I got the, the remix, which was, well, in one version of the book, they make mention of it, but then another version they don't. And I was like, wait, 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 is another version of a book? Oh no, 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 no. No, <laughs> it literally like it split the atom for me. It was like, holy crap, no way. And then I started looking around to see if other groups had multiple versions of a book. And then I learned that it was multiple groups 
that saw different elements of the same thing. And that was like, oh my gosh, this is so, this is too much. I don't want this. And so I just, I just took the scenic route. I was like, I don't want to be in any organized situation. I don't need it. I'd rather just love people, you know, love people and let that light the way. That's it. And that's been what I've been doing for years. Well, so that's actually, I'd love to come back to that. What, if you could, if you could um, simplify what you believe into, is it just, is it just at its core love, love, or are there like sort of like multiple tenets to how you think about this faith that right. you created for yourself? Like what are, what are your, what so are the, the you live by? Yeah. Right. That's a great question. In the beginning, I thought that love was like, Love was the output, and there were, in order for you to put it out, you had to have a mixing board, right? Like, just imagine like a 24-track mixing board, and on the 24 tracks, you got like your your parents on track one and two, your your, your sibling or your cousins or your your boyfriend girlfriend or whatever. You just have them on these tracks, yeah. and like strangers might get like 10 percent. And then like your parents are supposed to get 90% or like, you know, you have these constructs of like who is supposed to get what percentage. Yeah. And it was so challenging to me to create the harmony of how much I'm supposed to give and who I'm supposed to not give so much of and all these rules. And I'm like, it's exhausting. Guess what? Everybody's going to get everything, period. And if you can handle it, you can handle it. If you don't, you don't. And that's just what it's going to be. I can't, you know, I can, I'm going to, I can love, 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 light, 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 light. And people may not want to receive it. And that's okay. When the sun's out, people got options, put on some shades and enjoy the shit. Or I want to have some AC or go swim or run or you know, like, that's how you got to be. It's like, everyone is like the sun. Shine. Just shine. Just let it all out. Roar. Radiate. Because um, we need that. We, when, we, when we do that, we, we, it's like one match lighting lights another match. And some people don't want to be lit. You know what I mean? And it's okay. You may not want to be lit. And that's fine. But I'm going to live a life of passion. Because when you break the word passion down, it's pass I on. Mm. And I need to, I, I need to pass myself on through my passion and I got to find out what, my, what I'm passionate about. Mm. So I kind of made that switch. You know, that's what was like a big turbulent element about me letting go of my childhood and like, let me go try on the American dream. Let me go do that shit, which was really the American dream was like the, like the divine nightmare in the sense, right? Like, cause wow. now you want to, you're giving up your like God given right of just being to try on constructs. And so I get it, but like, who would I be if suddenly something happened in the world and I got plopped into living in a different part of the world, completely different infrastructure, but I had to be there for eight years. Like, I'm not saying like that would happen, but couldn't happen. It happens to people every day, right? People are displaced or removed or who would I be? Am, am I going to end up in the jungle somewhere? And I'm like, Hey y'all, I'm an, I'm a social entrepreneur. And like, does this really matter to y'all right now? No, nope. but guess what? I got the love. I got this love, baby. What's up? You know, and that's, that's what I'm going to give. 
you know? I feel like when you don't have words, you just have love, you know? And that love is gonna show up in actions and um, love is what lights the way for me. Wow. I, yeah. I've, have you, I've just, I'm mind blown by what you just, your phrase, the American dream is the divine nightmare. Like, I feel like that's a whole book. Like I feel like we're a whole chapter of something. It's just a whole song. It's a, I don't know what it is. It's a life. That's, in, that's incredible. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's sort of like when you think, I just want to unpack what the American dream is to me. Right. Because an American dream and the African American dream or, you know, like Asian American dream, like we all have our dreams within this container of what the American dream is. Like American dream is just like, you want what the successful white male has right like it's just, it's all we see is success is the archetypes that's poured out into television shows and movies and ads and other programming and you're like wow i want that corvette wow i want to live like that wow you know what i mean like it took me until i was older to realize like the brady bunch was literally like how most families were in my neighborhood but we just didn't know that. <laughs> it was a shame, like, you, what? You can't have a household like that, but then the Brady Bunch has it like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So people wanted to, you know, anywho, the point is, is that for me, I don't believe anymore in this idea that I need to find someone and possess them and own them and control or create a culture of control as if I own the people like I don't that I had to release that I had to get rid of that and like I don't ever want to subject anyone to the feeling like I own you in any kind of way right like yeah. and, I'm, and I've been taught that I've been taught like oh you get someone you got to control you got to do this you're a man you got to do this and then even that has been debunked in so many different ways right and so I humbly just let go of my grasp of what it is um, my, my, my place is in this world with people. And, you know, if anything, I just have control and um, some sort of authority over my, over my babies, you know what I mean? My children. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I let people be who they want, who they want to be. Let them be, let them be, let them be, let them be. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Wow. There's a, you know, it's, it's incredible to me, your mind and sort of just how, just how you articulate it. Just, you blow my mind in so many ways. I have to ask you if there's, is there any question that you have, you don't have an answer to that you're still pondering in your head and you're like, I don't know. And I have no idea. Like what's the, what's the question that puzzles divine? If there is one. How long will this love last? Mm. I ask myself that, you know, mm. even after life, you know, like usually when you, when you, when a, a person dies or transitions, it's like a rippling act and people try to like keep that love going in things they do. And I'm always thinking like, you know, will you, will I be that person where people have a really good party, great meal together, a lot of stories, jokes, and memories. And then you, each year, you just keep forgetting 
to have those conversations and then all of a sudden you're just not a thought like who remembers a person from the 16th century right only because certain people put them in books and now we remember them and we 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 celebrate them or their stories in textbooks so i think about that often not that i'm trying to be remembered but i don't want people to make the same mistakes over and over and over again. Like you shouldn't be going through what we've been through in the 1900s in the year 2100. Like why? We, we, we didn't come this far just to come this far. So I think about that. I also often think recently my mind's been boggling around like, do I want to be planted as a tree? Or <laughs> do I want to be like, hidden somewhere with like cool gifts and is a treasure hunt <laughs> or maybe there's presence in the tree you gotta find the tree i don't know i'm always thinking weird stuff like that but um you know i it's a good question because i feel like you're like you are the